For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part 12 of the series. In order to get the proper background to understand the conclusion of the book of Galatians, we're going to begin by reviewing Matthew in chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 and verses 7 through 9 as it is written then came to yeshua scribes and pharisees which were of jerusalem saying why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders for they wash not their hands when they eat bread so what is the tradition of the elders it is the teachings of pharisaic rabbinic judaism the tradition of the elders is not referring to following the written Torah of Moses. The tradition of the elders is a reference to following the teachings of the Pharisees of Rabbinic Judaism who teach that before you eat a meal at your table that you must wash your hands before you eat. And Yeshua did not teach his disciples in instructing them how to follow him and to follow his Torah. Yeshua did not instruct his disciples that they must wash their hands before they eat bread. And Yeshua himself did not always wash his hands before he ate at the table as a matter of religious practice. Now, sometimes you got to wash your hands for cleanliness, but we're talking about as a matter of religious observance and practice. We can see this in Luke in chapter 11, verses 37 and 38. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that Yeshua had not first washed before dinner. Because according to the teaching of the rabbis in Pharisaic Judaism, which today we call Orthodox Judaism or Rabbinic Judaism, the rabbis teach that as a matter of religious observance, you must always wash your hands before you eat at the table and particularly eat bread. And so now given we're talking about Pharisaic 
Pharisaic observance of the Torah. Today it's called Rabbinic Judaism, where they put the oral law above the written law, and they regard the teachings and the rulings of the rabbis as representing what God says regarding how you should follow the Torah. Yeshua went on to say in Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In other words, they don't have a circumcised heart, which is what the Torah requires in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 16. But in vain they do worship me. And so how are they trying to express their faith by following the Torah? Well, Yeshua is the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And so that's why Yeshua said in vain the Pharisees, or today Orthodox Judaism, who are trying to follow the Torah according to the teachings of the rabbis who put the oral law above the written law and submit themselves to rabbinic authority, thinking that the decision of the rabbis is the way you follow the Torah of the God of Israel, that that is vain worship of the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, that is Yeshua, because the rabbis are teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So Yeshua is stating that following the teachings of the rabbis and submitting to their doctrine and their interpretation and their authority instead of believing in Yeshua and following his Torah by the Spirit, that the people who are following the rabbinical interpretation and the oral law, that they're being taught doctrines and commandments of men. So Paul is going to address this same issue in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 15, as it is written, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Now, traditional Christianity interprets Ephesians 2 verse 15, that what Paul was trying to say is that through the death of Yeshua on the tree and being saved by grace through faith, that Yeshua nailed the Torah and following the Torah on the cross and nailed the Torah to the cross. But if we look at this in the Greek, where it says he abolished law of commandments contained in ordinances, the word ordinances is the Strong's number 1378 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, and it is the Greek word dogma. And dogma means a doctrine, a decree, or an ordinance. So a decree of a king is regarded as being a dogma, a ruling by a man-made authority is a dogma. Let's see how dogma is a decree of a man or a decree of a king. Luke chapter 2 verse 1, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree, a dogma from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. We can see this word dogma being used as a decree of a king in Acts chapter 17 verse 7 whom Jason has received, and these all do contrary to the dogma, the decrees of Caesar. Now, Paul is addressing this dogma, the decrees and the commandments of men, which is applied to rabbinic Judaism and the rulings of the rabbis, where they make their interpretation 
of how you follow the Torah and do not submit themselves to faith in Yeshua and following his Torah by his spirit that the rulings of the rabbis of the oral Torah and submitting to their authority is referred to as dogma, as the commandments of men, which Yeshua made reference to in Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, which Paul is going to make a reference to in Colossians chapter 2. And the one who's introducing the teachings of the commandments of men, dogma, which is associated with the rulings of the rabbis, Paul is going to refer to the one that's doing this as a man. In Colossians chapter 2, we begin in verse 4. And this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. So we got a man who's trying to beguile you with enticing words that's contrary to following Yeshua's Torah by spirit. Then Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. That's the philosophy of men. It could be Greek philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. Well, following after the rulings of the rabbis in Matthew chapter 15 verse 9, Yeshua called the commandments of men. So this man is coming in and speaking to primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, and they're teaching philosophies and traditions of men that's after the rudiments of the world, and it's not after the teachings of Messiah, not after Messiah. So then it goes on to say, given the context of what this any man is doing in teaching philosophies and traditions of men, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and nailed it to the cross. So this word ordinances is dogma. And so what is being blotted out is dogma, which is man-made decrees, man-made philosophies, man-made ideas, which can be associated with the rulings of the rabbis, which is called the oral Torah, where they put their rulings, the oral Torah, above the written Torah. And in their interpretation and rulings of the Torah, they do not advocate believing in Yeshua as the Messiah, and they place their rulings ahead of and instead of following the Torah by the Spirit of God, which is what the Hebrew Scriptures, the Torah, and the prophets say that faith should be expressed in the God of Israel. And so Yeshua is not only dying on the cross, on the tree, to forgive us of our sins, but anything that stands in the way of us coming to the Messiah by grace through faith is being nailed to the cross as well. And so Paul is saying that the traditions of men, the dogma of men that is against us by men teaching their philosophies and their views and their ways where they try to lead people away from the Messiah, away from his Torah and following his Torah by the Spirit, that that's contrary to us and that was nailed to the cross. And so regarding the man that's bringing these thoughts and ideas to primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, it says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 16, let no man judge you. So what's this man doing again? Back to Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, he's bringing you philosophies and he's bringing you the traditions of men. And 
And the traditions of men in Matthew chapter 15 is a reference to trying to follow the Torah according to the teachings of the rabbis. So he's coming in and he's judging primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, judging them in what they're eating, what they're drinking, judging them in how they're keeping the Sabbath, judging them in how they're keeping the new moon, judging them in how they're keeping the festivals or the annual biblical holidays. And so how might this person be judging you? He might be saying, well, you're not doing it according to what the rabbis say. You're not keeping Sabbath according to what the rabbis say, that you're incorrectly keeping the Sabbath, that you're not doing Passover according to what the rabbis say. You're incorrectly doing Passover. And therefore, that's not rabbinically certified kosher food and you're eating it. So what are you doing? Eating food that's not rabbinically certified as being kosher. So this is how this man is coming in and judging non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and how they're trying to eat and drink under the Lord. How they're trying to keep the Sabbath, the new moon, and the festival under the Lord. And then Paul says, which are that is the dietary laws, the new moon, the Sabbath, and the festivals, they are a shadow or they're a blueprint given to us to teach us about the Messiah. They're a blueprint of things to come. Now, the body or the substance or the heart of the Sabbath, the new moon, the biblical festivals, the dietary laws, the body, the substance, the heart of why these things are given and what they're meant to do and instruct us in, in our observing of them, is to teach us about the Messiah and the redemptive work of the Messiah and our personal relationship with him. So, given that Paul said that they are a shadow or a blueprint, or as we're told regarding the festivals in Leviticus in chapter 23, we're told that they are rehearsals. So, a rehearsal is a is a shadow. It's a, it's a blueprint of the body, of of the real thing. So in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. And then it goes on to say, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in your dwellings. So the word convocation is the Strong's number 4744 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And so in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, the Strong's number 4744 is the Hebrew word mikra, and it means a rehearsal. So a rehearsal is not the body. A rehearsal is not the real thing. And so just as the Torah says, the Sabbath, the new moon, and the annual biblical festivals are a mikra. It's a rehearsal. It's a shadow whose body points you to the Messiah and his redemptive work and our personal relationship with him. Now, continuing on in Colossians chapter 2, given that the subject that Paul is speaking about is this man who's coming in with worldly philosophy and the traditions of men, which 
entails the rulings and teachings of how you follow the Torah as given by the rabbis, which Paul is calling dogma, a man-made decree, a man-made tradition. Colossians chapter 2 verse 20, wherefore, if you be dead with Messiah from the rudiments of this world, man-made philosophies, man-made decrees, why, as though living in this world, are you subject to ordinances, which is dogma. And so traditional Christianity reads this verse to say, Paul is asking, why are you following the Torah? No. He says, why are you following the world's philosophies? Why are you living according to the flesh in your carnal mind? Why are you following after dogma as Yeshua called the tradition of the elders, the teachings of the rabbis regarding how you are to follow the Torah and to submit yourself to rabbinical rulings, that is the oral law, where they put the rabbi's rabbinical rulings and interpretation of the text, the oral law, above the written Torah. And so the same problem that Yeshua was addressing with his disciples in Matthew chapter 15 is the same problem in Acts chapter 15. It's the same problem that Paul is addressing here in Colossians chapter 2, that he's addressing in Ephesians chapter 2, that he's addressing in Romans, that he's addressing in Galatians. And for believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, what he's addressing is not if you should follow the Torah as an expression of faith in Yeshua as the Messiah after you've been saved by grace through faith, because Paul said in Romans chapter 3 verse 31, do we make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. So the issue of debate was not if you should follow the Torah, but the proper way to follow the Torah. And the proper way to follow the Torah, as Paul testified that he followed the Torah, in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, he says, I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. The proper way to follow the Torah is to follow Yeshua's Torah, because if you love him, you keep his commandments. You follow his Torah by the Holy Spirit, which he gave to help us to follow him and his Torah. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul is asking primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah. Why? Because being a child in Messiah, you're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Why, as though living in the world, are you subjugating yourself to dogma? And this dogma, Colossians chapter 2, verse 22, is after the commandments and doctrines of men. And so Yeshua opposed the tradition of the elders, which he called the doctrine and commandments of men. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Paul is coming against and opposing the commandments and the doctrines of men, which is dogma, Colossians chapter 2, verse 22. And so Paul is referring to dogma in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 as the traditions of man and the rudiments of the world. And he's calling dogma in Colossians chapter 2 verse 20 as living in this world. And so now he refers to dogma, the commandments and the traditions of men in Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 as the weak and beggarly elements. And he refers following after the traditions of the commandments of men as being under the law. Galatians chapter 4 verse 5 to redeem them that are under the law. But now after you have known God, that is after you become a believer in Yeshua as Messiah because you're saved by grace through faith, how do you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements wherein you desire again to be in bondage? So a child in Messiah 
who's tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, they will entertain the thought when they are being told in the synagogue that the proper way to follow the Torah is through the rulings and the teachings of the rabbis. So Paul is going to give a spiritual analogy of this in Galatians chapter 4. And he's going to associate being under the law with Ishmael in the flesh and following after the commandments and the traditions of men and in his application, rabbinic Judaism. Galatians chapter 4 verse 21. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the Torah? Do you not properly understand what the Torah says? And so now he's going to give a allegory or an analogy. Galatians chapter 4 verse 22 and verse 23. For it is written, Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac, the one by a bondmaid. And so through Hagar, Ishmael was born and Ishmael came about through man-made logic, through one's own ideas in one's own effort. But the other came about by a free woman, that's Isaac, by the promise of God. So you have man-made desire and effort, that's Ishmael, and one by the promise of God, that's Isaac. So Paul says, but he who was of the bond woman, that is Ishmael, man-made traditions and doctrines of men, and philosophies of men, was born after the ideas of men, born after the flesh, that's Ishmael. But he of the free woman by the promise. And so how are we saved by grace through faith? By the promise of God not by establishing our own righteousness. So man-made traditions of men and doctrines of men, this is what Paul is calling under the law. And he says that these things are an allegory and they represent two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which genders the bondage, is Hagar. And so is he saying that the Torah is bondage? No. What he's saying, if you go back and study what took place and happened at Mount Sinai, Sinai is that Torah was written on tablets of stone. The Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone because it was written upon tablets of stone. The people broke the covenant and it was a prophecy that the Torah would be written upon a stony heart because the Torah was received with a stony heart. The people couldn't overcome the flesh and so they did a fleshly act when they worshipped the golden calf and they Therefore, receiving the Torah with a stony heart caused the people to be in bondage. It caused them to sin. So Paul's making this analogy to trying to follow the Torah through the teachings and the instructions of the rabbis instead of following Yeshua's Torah by his spirit. And now he's equating that the Torah written upon a heart of stone at Mount Sinai is associated with Ishmael, which is man-made thoughts and ideas about how to do things, man-made doctrine and decrees. He's going to associate this with the earth, with the flesh, with physical Jerusalem, the Jerusalem which now is. And then in Galatians, 
Revelation chapter 4, verse 26, the Jerusalem which is above, that's the heavenly Jerusalem, that is the spiritual, that is following Torah by the Spirit instead of following Torah by man-made doctrines and decrees, that following Torah by the Spirit is the mother of us all. And so then Paul is going to extend the analogy and he's going to say even as there was persecution of Ishmael of Isaac that what Ishmael represents men made doctrines and traditions which is going to be associated with following the Torah through following and listening to the doctrines and rulings of the rabbis regarding how you should follow the Torah that those who submit themselves to follow the Torah through the teachings of the rabbis, that they are going to persecute believers in Yeshua as the Messiah who want to follow his Torah by his spirit. Galatians chapter 4 verses 28 and 29. Now we, brethren, as Isaac, are the children of promise. Well, that's going to conclude part 12 of the series on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.